football superstar Larry Bird. Larry Bird? What are you doing here? Hi, this is Larry Bird calling. Listen, my agent sent me that cartoon script, and I've decided I don't want to be involved in any way. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 19, Saturday Morning Fun Pit. Ben. Yes. I have a question for you. I expected as much. What's your favorite cereal that you would eat every Saturday when you were watching cartoons? Well... Um, I think I sort of went back and forth between a couple of them. Okay. Because I was all about those Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs cereal. Oh, yes, Ben. Those are so good. But they are really sweet. Oh, super sweet. I feel like you get through a box of those and then you switch it up. You go back to just like kicks. Sure. Which basically the same shape is just less chocolatey, less peanut buttery, less sugary. Mm. But still pretty good. Still pretty dang good. Um, so I think those would probably be my go-to. Okay. But we sort of rotated cereals out. Um, so there was a wh- there was a while that we were a Lucky Charms family, and then sure. there was a while we were a, a Tricks family. Okay. Gotta get those those uh those those bananas and that rabbit my dad really tried to make healthy stuff a thing and so we did the shredded wheat okay and sort of compromised on the frosted shredded wheat which like is about 12 percent good because there's 12 percent sugar on it shredded wheat is zero percent good yes agreed it is like eating thin strips of cardboard yes weaved together into cardboard weaves yes thatched cardboard thatched cardboard exactly what it is so you throw the tiniest little bit of sugar on there yeah and you had you get one of those bites with the sugar on it you're like oh man like hell yeah (laughs) this is so good And then you get through the rest of the bite and you're like i hate my life (laughs) it's fair point frosted shredded wheat 12 percent good 12 i said it good it's very location adjusted. Location, right. if there's sugar on it, pretty good. If it's not, hell on earth. But yeah, so I would say Reese's Peanut Butter Puff cereal and Kicks, sort of on rotation. Yeah, those Reese's Puffs are real good. Right? So good. So good. I think they still have them. Should we... You know what, Ben? I think what we need to do is stop recording, go get a box, and just start <laughs> eating while we record the Into rest the of the microphone. episode. Into the microphone. I hope you like crunching sounds directly into your ears, podcast listeners. Exactly. Now, this is when we announce our new uh, podcast that we're building, a, and uh, Reese's Puffs ASMR podcast. Oh, God. That sounds like hell. For most people, Yes. There are a few we, that I'm sure would love it. I'm sure we could record that and then be tried for war crimes for the torture <laughs> that people would use on prisoners of war. But it's peacetime. 
listening to us <laughs> crunch on cereal directly into microphones for 45 minutes. With just enough of the milk wetness. Yeah, I mean, the, the milk will... <laughs> The milk wetness is not helping. The phrase milk wetness is not helping. I disagree. I'm very I'm enjoying it very heavily. What what is your cereal of choice, good sir? So Reese's Puffs pretty, you know, high up there. Uh-huh. I have a kind of non-traditional choice. Okay. I have I have a, a pretty normal choice of uh honey roasted uh, bunches of oats. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. That really you got the the flake and you got the big crunchy uh, uh-huh. clusters, very good. I have always liked and maybe I was a weird kid. Let me take that back. I was a weird kid. I like Crispix if you poured a decent amount of sugar on top. Okay. They're like hexagons of like rice puff thing. Uh-huh. I loved it. It was like my favorite. Until Reese's Puffs came out, I'm like, oh, oh, you mean I can eat the thing that's like a, a Reese's peanut butter cup, but in a cereal? Why would I eat anything else? Do you remember Cookie Crisp? Sure. Why cookie is, Crisp. Why is that legal? It's literally cookies. <laughs> I love the question, Pete. Why is it legal? I feel like... There's a dangerous level of cookie in this cereal. It's too cookie. I feel like federal standards for the amount of cookie in cereal is is I th- I feel like there should be a, a limit on that. There should be a federal standard, uh-huh. and I think Cookie Crisp outdoes it. Do we need a whole new agency for it? The agency of federal agency of cereal F E O C. That sounds awful. <laughs> The Cereal Protection Agency, the CPA. Uh huh. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Nailed it. So I feel like I Too feel like too much cookie in that crisp. I feel like Cookie Crisp exceeds the federal maximum of cookies in cereal. I have a question then yes. for you. Uh, there used to be a cereal. I may still exist. French French Toast Crunch. C- uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch. They yes, yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch existed, but they had a French Toast version what? with little like loaves of bread. That was also very good. I'm not lying to you. I know this existed. Oh, I'm not. That look. This might be Mandela effect. <laughs> that look. That look that I gave you was not me saying I don't believe you. That look I gave you was. I don't believe the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't believe. Why did the again? Why is this legal? Agreed. Uh, but you can buy a uh, family size on on Walmart.com for three dollars. Okay. I kind of want it. There it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I remember that box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. It tastes like French toast in a cereal. It was illegal. Yes. <laughs> now, that I, now that I'm describing what it is, it is illegal. It should be illegal. It should be illegal. We need to get the CPA on this. Uh, so there we go. We definitely just uh, roasted like four <laughs> different cereals about how they're either not sugary enough or too sugary <laughs> you know they're all made by general mills while somehow praising reese's puffs which are probably just as sugary yeah, yeah. as the cookie ones there that is, i so blatantly lambasted there is no problem with reese's puffs i will not stand this is a pro reese's puffs podcast and i will not stand for any against 
So let's talk about Saturday. While while we're crunching on this cereal, let's talk crunch, about crunch, crunch, crunch. Saturday morning fun pit. Uh, we have another uh, three vignette anthology by the folks at Futurama. I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago we were talking <laughs> about Naturama. I think it was. Um, so I know. I think it was. I think it was. I know. I think it was. Futurama likes to do these anthologies. Uh huh. And sometimes it feels like, well, we don't have anything else to do, so we have three short stories to tell you. But I feel like in the early days, it was like once a season, we get a Tales of Interest. Yes. And those were good because they were interesting. Therefore, Tales of Interest. Now I feel like we're sort of closing this out. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Naturama was six episodes ago. So a good, uh, a, good mm-hmm. a little bit more than a mm-hmm. month. I feel like, and you can uh, chime in if you feel differently. I feel like that's a little too soon from the last one. Yes, it feels, I mean, like you were describing, it was. Like, it felt like a, every, uh, every year you got one, mm-hmm. and now it's just coming too fast, too furious. Mm-hmm. So and not in the good way of Too Fast, Too Furious, which I'm assuming is good. I, I've not seen it, but I know who has the Binge Buds podcast. Uh-huh. I've seen the first one, and I've been meaning to watch the rest of them so I can finish listening to that podcast sure. that I listened to the first one of and then just didn't do. Sure, because I haven't You've seen only... any of the any of them except we, for the first. We, I first off, I want to point out that I think we listen to podcasts differently because I have definitely listened to everything that Newsies Minute has put out, and I've not seen that movie. <laughs> And I'm not sure if I'm going to. At this point, I feel like you got to just keep going. Yeah, I, no, I'm 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 stuck in. I'm doing that podcast. Uh-huh. But and the movie might be a a different jump. Watch it when they when they're finish. all done. Yeah. yeah, they they've mentioned on the podcast that some of their listeners are going to do that, and I'm probably in that boat. So we Hi, start Aaron out. And James, we start out at the White House Saturday, seven fifty eight a.m. Very specific timing on that. Nixon is getting ready to watch his cartoons. Fortunately, a sergeant has found the TV remote and Nixon awards him the Purple Heart. But he didn't get injured. Nixon immediately shoots him and he drops down a trapdoor. Nixon is like, it's time for cartoons. So he turns on the first vignette, which is <laughs> Bendy Boo and the Mystery Crew. It's part of, a, of what seems to be a Futurama and Friends Saturday morning fun pit block. You know, that one that we all definitely watched when we were Oh, I loved it. It was so great. I love Bindi Boo and the Mystery Crew. So I sure do. Question mark. Uh Uh-huh. It also rhymes. It's true. It's basically Scooby-Doo. It's 100% Scooby-Doo. It is. So um, I think. How do we describe this? The first thing I want to point out, and this holds true for all three of these vignettes, is that the art style for each one is phenomenal because it Agreed. really does a good job of capturing each different style of the cartoons that they are making fun of. Right. I I, I, I totally agree. It definitely feels like they're going to the, the right level of art. Now that you know pretty much the only thing I like about this episode, let's talk about it. So... <laughs> There's some good bits. There's some good bits. I'm I'm not there are some good bits. I do there are some things. So yes, this is a very this is a Scooby Doo 
uh, parody. Yeah, where we've, we've, we've got Bender as Scooby Doo or uh, Bendy Boo. Uh, Fry is Shaggy. Leela is Daphne. Amy is Velma, and Hermes is Fred. Mm-hmm. There's all information there. There's nothing funny yet. Yep. I would just like to point out that growing up is no longer being attracted to Daphne and instead being attracted to Velma because you know I can't I there's no argument here uh-huh because you got I know got I know what you're smarts. talking about I'm She's sorry like, I know what you're uh-huh. talking about oh I you yeah. know I'm there 100 percent so um <laughs> fair the the whole thing this whole vignette is basically sort of lampooning the scooby-doo cartoon yeah. there's a lot of jokes about laugh tracks at the wrong time that mm-hmm. they're like not even laughing at actual jokes right or, they can hear it and like oh. um awkward animation where you see like dust on the animation cells mm. or i really liked the fact that th- you can see in the very first shot that the forest repeats and then i think it was Leela's like oh i'm so glad we get to come to the repeating forest Mm-hmm. So nice it's, little... it's a lot of jokes about that that are very much like we are meta referential jokes, yeah. right? We are referencing either through the characters or through just the show, referencing like really old timey animation. Right. I like how the '60s are suddenly old timey animation, but whatever. I mean, you know, almost sixty years ago at this point, uh, they're going to the professor's clone uh factory cloning lab yeah cloning lab um and before they can get there they get a specter dressed in traditional coop uh, a kabuki outfit that tells them to turn around but they just kind of keep going they're spooked by it a little bit but not too yep not too scared fry as the shaggy analog is very hungry and so they stop off to sort of regather and maybe find some food at the local kabuki theater as they're kind of investigating it, somebody in a mask scares them into attempting to run, but the floor is well buttered. Is that, I wasn't paying attention. Is that, is it canonically buttered or? Yes. Okay. Uh, the person that scares them is like, oh, I love a freshly buttered floor. Okay. I missed that because I was like, cause yeah, they're doing the uh, standard Scooby-Doo run cycle animation, but they're not moving anywhere. Yeah. And, and I he literally that. calls it well okay. buttered. It's, I missed that it's line. It's a funny little gag. So I was like, why are they just running in place? <laughs> it makes slightly more sense now. Slightly. How would they not fall down on a buttered floor? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Also, that person turns out to be none other than George Takei. <laughs> so <laughs> as Bendy Boo did it. It's, it's just it's just it. We're literally talking about Scooby-Doo here. We're literally talking about Scooby-Doo. Yes. So. If if you know anything about Scooby Doo, you know who did it. Oh, I do. I do want to point out that um, Hermes as Freddy is like, man, why are you like so hungry all the time and your eyes so bloodshot and the van always smells kind of skunky and Fry and Shaggy says, "Search me, no, don't. I'm carrying." So, uh, you know, you got to get some of those Shaggy as a stoner yeah. jokes in there. Um, and. Uh, so yeah, uh, George Takei is there. He says, sorry to barge in so effectively. And he informs the team that there's a dragon ghost in these parts mm-hmm. and that uh, if they're hungry, they can eat some of this um, uh, chicken that is 
a year old. It's sure. just been sitting out. And they go for it. That being said, the theater used to be the most popular kabuki theater on the outskirts of the city until they built that basketball arena. And now everybody likes basketball instead of kabuki. The classic rivalry. Classic. Uh, George Takei also says that the basketball stadium is an insult to his Japanese ancestry. And they're like, how? And he's like... (laughs) They do call it out, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, it probably is. Like, he doesn't have a good comeback Well, It's also like, this is America, not Japan. And he's like, is it? (laughs) I'm not sure it isn't. (laughs) It's like, what? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he keeps kind of saying that like things are insulting to his yeah, Japanese ancestry. To the ancestry. point where like it's it's like a laugh line, but it's like it feels like a parody of a cringy laugh line in the original show that is played similarly for laughs that feels odd. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's weird. They all leave after this and instead they... of getting tickets for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, as, they, as... and they call it yakitori. Which I thought was ridiculously dumb and hilarious. Which George Takei then says is an insult to his Japanese ancestry. It was out for a year, man. Clean up your your snack cabinet. Come on. Especially if it's chicken. Yeah, it's legitimately chicken. At that point, it's jerky. Uh huh. Did I ever tell you about my friend's uh my friend's boyfriend's college dorm where somebody okay. put a raw chicken in the ceiling of the men's room oh no and then forgot about it oh no ben that's pretty much the st- i mean there's some details but i'm gonna i'm no, gonna I, leave it there yeah i think the conclusion <laughs> is something we can all know in our you hearts can all imagine the conclusion of this story um oh god i can only imagine college the- boys oh, are gross is the is the moral oh, yeah. of that story oh yeah um sorry I, tur- I turned into macho man randy savage there so oh, yeah that happened at a college uh probably about i don't know 1500 miles away from where i was and that wasn't far enough so strong smell it's it's pretty gross so very gross at the cloning lab which is the planet express building zoidberg is there and he is the butler he he tells them that cloning is an abomination against God. Let me take you to, to the professor's cloning room. And we find out that a ghost has been haunting the cloning lab. They um, don't seem that too terrified of it because they give it to her. Mm-hmm. I do really like, and it's probably my favorite joke in the whole bit, okay. is that uh, when he's giving the tour, he shows them the lengths of wire in his yes. uh, in his drawer, just like in the first episode. Yes, I'm like that's a good callback. That's it's I, very good. It was not a laugh out loud moment, but it was a subtle sort of chuckle. Yeah, it was a sensible chuckle, and I really appreciated that throwback of just like, oh, he literally just shows everybody this like, like it's been years in and every he's still doing this in every universe. You will be seeing the assorted links of wire. And also the Harlem Globe Globetrotters are there. Yeah, they're just helping him out, like doing all the physics on this uh on this clone machine. It's true. Uh they they turn the cloning machine on and out pops a version of Larry Bird. His voice uh starts piping through a what seems to be a voicemail where he has declined to be part of this this episode of television. Okay, that was also a pretty good joke. I'll give I'll give that joke some credit especially because i it sounds like they definitely got larry bird to say that they wrote that in i i i thought it was very funny 
that is a that is a weird use of a guest star, but I approve of this. Yeah, I'm here for it. It's I I love weird uses of famous people. Uh huh. Did you know that in an episode of Clone High, uh, Michael J. Fox has one line, and he is playing the role of a kidney, and he says about the other kidney that got donated, "I miss him," and that's it. That they got Michael J. Fox for that. <laughs> Okay, I, I I think I need to watch Clone High more now because I know I've watched an episode or two, but I, there's a whole season out there, right? Yes, one season. Okay. So oh, very good. The reason that they have cloned Larry Bird is that they have decided that if they can beat five Larry Birds, they can beat anybody, which I think is a fair assessment. I mean, possibly, but the problem with Larry Bird is that he has a singular skill set that... You, you, there might be other players on that team that have a different skill set that you won't be able to defend. I don't know anything about basketball, so as far as I'm concerned, if you're good at basketball, you're good at all the basketball. That's fair. Just think of this though: who would win between Larry Bird and Shaq? Um, two basketball men, different builds. The question is not one Larry Bird versus Shaq; it's five Larry Birds versus one Shaq. Now, but it's five Larry Birds against five Globetrotters, right? Uh-huh. So then we're talking five Larry Birds against five Shacks. Who wins? I still think Larry Bird takes it because how are five Shacks going to get up and down the court? I've there's seen... No, there's no room for five Shacks on a court. Actually, you know, you've got a good point there. I it, think you put five Shacks together, they become the basketball court like a Voltron. Ooh. I like... <laughs> I... I, I I like I like the Shaq court. I, and I'll form the three-point line. And instead of a logo, it just says face. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the three-point lines are actually made of Icy Hot. <laughs> He's a sponsor of Icy Hot. Uh-huh. And like, wasn't he some underwear... Or am I thinking I'm of, sure Shaq sold underwear at some point. Copies in his life. of the video game Shaq Fu. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's 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 what's <laughs> making the hoop. It's just all copies of Shaq Fu. We figured out basketball. We did it. I don't know if that's the right sentence to say there. Uh so yeah, they reason that if they can beat five Larry Birds, they can beat anybody. It's true. Uh, Zoidberg continues to yell that cloning is wrong and everybody kind of like openly wonders like why is why are we getting haunted they just want to play basketball against five Larry Birds that we've just cloned Zoidberg slinks out of the room somewhat uh, suspiciously suspiciously exactly Uh, we get some more bad animation jokes I don't remember specifically I just wrote it's jokes about bad animation. Yeah. Uh, everyone is asleep slash snoring in a giant, what seems to be everybody in a giant room uh-huh. with different beds. It's very funny. Uh, Fry can't sleep because he he's he can't, he's just surrounded by people snoring. Uh, he gets to, tries to get some air, but sees the dragon ghost and hides under Fred's bed. So Hermes bolts up and he says, let's spring into action. And then he has to patiently tie his ascot there's a lot of ascot jokes in this as well we have not mentioned them but everyone keeps referring to uh uh, hermes fred's uh ascot yes um i do like the action that they've decided to jump into which is fry and bender uh going to find the dragon ghost while everyone else waits at the trap they've set right they're literally like let's split up gang 
eight of us will stay here just hanging around in front of this dragon trap. Fry and Bendy Boo can go like search for the ghost. Which they're like, I'm not going to do it. You keep sending us, uh, uh, sending us to our deaths. I'm not doing it. I feel like, uh, and I'm going to put on like my mom voice here. Oh, but I feel like anyone who repeatedly sends you off to your death is not really your friend. Agreed. And then they bribe them with a beer, which I believe they call a Bendy Brew. Mm-hmm. I also feel like anyone who bribes you with beer is probably also not your friend, and except whoop. for moving. Traditional payment yes. for helping a friend move That's pizza and beer. That's not That's more a transaction. Bribing d- does it... Well, I can... <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about the technical terms around bribing, you could probably call that a transaction too. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's good-natured fun. Now that you could probably try to... Anyway, my point is... Uh, Bendy Boo immediately says, I'm a alcoholic. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Jokes about alcoholism. Like, so you can do it. You, if you're going to do it, you got to do it well. And this was not well. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the flippant, the, the flippancy of yes. just being like, sup, I'm an alcoholic. Like, like the excitement with it. Yeah. Too. It felt a little weird. It did. Yeah. I agree. Um, so uh, we get a montage to uh, the song that I don't know what the actual name is, but it's Love in My Tummy or whatever. Right. Uh, they're, they're doing... I should probably look up what that song is called. <laughs> we went into Ben Google's That Corner without me recognizing it. I was just going to keep rolling on. But no, we're Googling it. Okay. You wanna, do you want to guess what the actual name of this song is? Love in My Tummy. The actual name of the song is Yummy, Yummy, Yummy. Oh, you stopped. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the entire title? That's the, that's the title. It's by a band called Ohio Express. That sounds about right. Um, why, why have so many bands named themselves off, off of train lines, including train? Um, good question. Trains were cool at one point. And now they're passe. I wish they were cool again. Me too. Trains are cool. I think trains... You know what? Let's start it. I'm bringing trains back. Bringing trains back. All right. Planes? Let's, let's d- do it. Planes? Fine. But trains? That's where the fun is. You get, you get mm-hmm. to be on those rails. Planes? Pretty cool. Trains? Way cool. Yeah. Automobiles? Done. D- you know what? Calling it here. I'm sorry. Stick a fork in You them. know what? It's... You know, a lot of people in America are not going to like this. Automobiles might be done. You heard it here first. <laughs> On Back to the Futurama, <laughs> um, anti-car propaganda we've decided to do for some reason. So I do want to... So I, I, I sort of out the gate was like, man, this thing sucked. But I keep finding little jokes I actually yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed. I, 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 there knew is, you, I knew you would. There is a part in this montage I really like because they, they look like they're going to set up that door gag that scooby-doo yeah, always the, did the hallway gag where they're entering a like door and then hallway exiting full a different of doors one. and it's just like them passing each other and the and it's just they run from one door into the next one and then just stops on that frame and nothing else happens for like a, a couple beats and so that was pretty yes, good that was i the really one I, really appreciated that that was the one that i wrote down too because it's a subversion of what you're expecting from the 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 scooby-doo trope and i really like that a lot so like i think that and i mean i'll I'll get more to it in grades but 
The thing that I really would have liked more about all of these is a little bit more subversion of what the cartoons actually are rather than just being like, yeah, it's basically Scooby-Doo and here's like a joke about subverting the right. like, trope about it. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much what you're trying to make fun of and not enough making fun of that. Right. And like subverting it and turning it on its head a little bit. So like like all the jokes about Fry being a stoner in this world is like, I mean, yeah, everybody's been making those for, you know, 50 years. Right. Everybody's been making those since Scooby-Doo was first on the air. Like, come on. Yeah. You don't need to like even write a Shaggy as a stoner joke because Shaggy is like a stoner. Like, like yeah, it's everybody knows it. So... Um, yeah, I don't have anything else written down from the montage. No, um, I don't either. Um, immediately after the montage, though, they have a fun little, uh, subversion where they accuse Zoidberg of being ghost. And then Leela's like, let's see who's under there and rips off his head. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> they pass it over to the Globetrotters, which bounce it around and spin it on, uh, ben- Bender's head. And then he throws it into the garbage. <laughs> Feels very anti-Zoidberg in that moment. Uh huh. It's like cloning is apparently great. Just don't listen to this jerk. I do. I, I. It is sort of weird how they're just like, yeah, whatever. I accidentally ripped the head off of this guy. It's fine. Let's play basketball with it. So then they're like, oh, actually, we caught the dragon in this dragon trap. <laughs> I love the fact that everybody just allowed the Zoidberg thing to happen while the dragon ghost is in the trap. <laughs> so very funny we me. find out that it is actually george takei he was the dragon ghost the whole time uh, he was using projection to look like a ghost and he had uh, a lot of uh, intricate makeup on and then uh they were like oh so we get it you were doing all this to scare people away from the basketball so they'd come back to the kabuki theater and then he's just like no that's not why i did it I'm mentally ill. And then there's a laugh track. And I thought it was in very poor taste. Oh, it's very, very uncomfortable. and Very, very bad. like like it, it sours the whole thing to me, at least. It yeah. just feels so. Did not care for that. Um, it, oh, God, I just hated that. Like, like you could have done so much better. Like e- even if you just want it to be one like line or it's like, no, that's not why I did it like literally just don't do that go into the absurd like right right? like i'm a being i'm alien from space and he zooms back up like that would have been funnier i was trying to win a bet with leonard nimoy like yes because there's intrigue there right george takei (laughs) like yes that would work ah i just it it frustrates me Uh because that that's not a punch i mean like I understand that they're like, we want us to do something that is uncomfortable with the laugh track. I don't think that's... You can you can do that without yes, crossing agreed. a line yes, as far you're, as they you're right. did. They, they cross a the line. They meant to, and I just don't agree with it. Uh, so we go to the next scene where the Harlem Globetrotters are uh, prepared to, to win this basketball yeah. game. They, were, like, they practice a, about with all those five Larry Birds. They can beat anybody. And their opponent is six Larry Birds. Which, again, I don't know much about basketball, but I'm pretty sure you can only have five people on the court at one time. Mm-hmm. That sixth is a sub. Then you get a fresh Larry Bird. Okay, so you're just rotating Larry Birds in and out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
So so I think that's a that's a challenge, but everybody just seems to laugh. And that's the end of that part of the episode. So, back at the White House, people are outside protesting about how cartoons are dumb and they children are watching them, so they should really regulate some lessons into them about like eating good and conflict resolution tolerance so the headless clone of agnew calls up hollywood and just kind of it's hollywood man they all they all speak agnew it's fine that's true so they come up with a show that teaches kids to eat right and have a good time all while tolerating others it's purpleberry pond yeah it's a smurfs thing yeah except everything's purple yeah and not everything is purple we'll get there we'll get there so uh, and also zoidberg is this flying thing that's yellow and just says bort yep best part of this period this this vignette for me in in fact i think the professor and i don't know i bort is the best part for me yeah so the professor plays the role of like the villain who just stands up in his like observatory castle way up on the hill i've got to get my hands on those purple berries those healthy purple berries oh you're right he repeatedly calls them healthy purple berries you're right that's very important to the plot uh princess purpleberry meets a new friend is the name of this episode and leela plays the role of princess purpleberry there is so little plot in this section so little <laughs> plot they talk about how everything is purple and how great it is and how bender mentions that it's a good thing we never get tired of saying the word purple purple is great so we we find out that the only thing that they eat is purple berries um healthy purple berries. healthy purple berries <laughs> and then there's a purple berry puff commercial which is a real cereal um where wait a real cereal it in the fiction okay. of the <laughs> for a moment there i was like wait why have we not tried these i'm sure it's disgusting if it was real sugar blasted it's a in-universe real in futurama universe <laughs> it is a real cereal <laughs> yes uh that is um as the commercial points out the sweetest thing in your complete breakfast of eggs bacon pancakes toast uh ham a giant horse vitamin which i think that has to be my favorite joke of the episode because every time i see a commercial that's like part of a complete breakfast and it shows like forty thousand calories of food on a table (laughs) and i'm like i don't have time in my life to eat that much breakfast let alone make it eating that much breakfast is a full-time job Sorry, I boss. need to be paid to eat this breakfast. I can't come in. I'm still working on the pancakes because those eggs took forever because I was still pretty full from those bacons. <laughs> those multiple bacons. Yeah. I, I, every time I'm like, what even is a complete breakfast? So like it's, it's whatever you want to believe it is. So I'm going to give Futurama some serious credit about that one because that is like yeah. actual for real satire where I'm like, what the hell is a complete <laughs> breakfast? TV commercials tell me it is 4,000 calories of food crammed directly in my face before I run off to school. <laughs> you know what? You got to have the energy to get to school and back. Mm-hmm. Or exactly one toaster strudel oh that's true that's it those are the two things because you can eat a toaster strudel in the hallway at school (laughs) because you are so busy being a young kid getting into trouble 
that you didn't have time to eat a complete breakfast. <laughs> you're glazing it as you're putting on a coat off uh-huh. of out of your locker. Oh. YOLO glaze it and then you that's probably what the kids are saying about toaster strudels now. So they're like Why have they not I, I've not seen an ad with this. <laughs> they, you could pay us and you could have that. So um, But the important part is pay us. So we're coming we're brand ambassadors here. You're eating those toaster strudels and that's a complete breakfast. Yeah, that's true. Or you <laughs> sit at home for twelve hours. Twelve hours consuming breakfast. Um, it's really (laughs) it's really only eight hours of consuming breakfast (laughs) but you spend a lot of time on the toilet in between consuming it's it's paid you have to have the lunch break right you have legally required (laughs) lunch break one one unpaid lunch break and two paid 15 minute breaks exactly exactly yeah (laughs) So what? So while I'm eating, it's like, oh, I'm I'm at the I'm at the breakfast factory. And I'm just eating. I'm eating my pancakes, and then you know the the uh, the horn sounds like, oh, thank God, I get to eat bre- uh, lunch, and I pull out my sandwich and start eating that. One of those old timey metal lunch pa- lunch pails. <laughs> yes, exactly. With a and thermos in there, a, a thermos of soup and one single sandwich, and you're like, ah, oh, finally something nice and light to eat. And then you eat it, and then you get back to working on those cinnamon buns. <laughs> do i want to work there a little bit do i think i do kind of want to live the, work there a little bit so uh <laughs> i don't i don't well i don't think my my heart could take such a thing like my literal heart i think it would stop so anyways, pancakes every day i can't I, that's that's a luxury i can't afford we go back to the the cartoon <laughs> purple berry pond I feel and like, do we, we're just like in this weird mixture of ad and cartoon so, in this segment, which is probably kind of the point. Right. So, uh, Scruffy pulls up in this, uh, driving this carriage and he says that somebody new came to town. It's, um, Prince Loquat, uh, who is orange mm-hmm. and every, right. And everybody's like, what the heck? Like everybody like is like attacking him until uh Leela as Princess Pilperbelly says that a rainbow has two colors and then it pans up to see a purple and orange rainbow. Mhm. Just like real life. Just like real life. And then we go back to commercial. And uh so now the per- uh purple berry cereal has orange berries in it as well. So, you know, that's great. Um, the professor has a plan to get the healthy purple berries by firing a snowball bomb out of a cannon. The uh, purple berries, I don't know. Uh, have, I'll take it. Yeah. They have a plan to get... Uh, they, they're they worried they'll destroy the purple berry crop, but then they taste it and it's actually sugar. And now we're back into a commercial for the cereal because it's uh, sugar everything. I do like there's a little piece of continuity in, in the commercial parts mm-hmm. where the little girl that's eating the cereal is kind of give, getting a little heavier every time. Right. Because she's eating a lot, a lot of sugar and Just, apparently 4,000 calories and, for breakfast. And a giant horse vitamin every time. Every time. So, Th- man, that that's not going to go go like I, I, you know, at the breakfast factory, we need to unionize to get rid of that horse vitamin. I don't need it. <laughs> Um, I, I think don't see you, the use. I think you do because nothing you're eating is actually that healthy. It's all just pancakes. Hey, there there is an orange. Okay, you're fine then. Yeah. 
But you're, that horse vitamin you, is just You're not going to get scurvy. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm good. We find out that the bur- berry burglar is apparently the professor's name in this. Uh, his snowball. He's wearing a chef's hat. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. He, his snowball bomb was actually sugar. So now everything is covered in sugar. And then we cut back to another commercial that is now sugar frosted, sugar blasted berry puffs. The best part is that they, they never indicated that this was a, they were leaving the commercial or coming back to the cartoon. It was all just the commercial. And then they go back to the cartoon. So it's it's it was a surprising amount of headspace of just figuring out, okay, what just happened? Where am I? What what am I watching? So they cut back to the commercial and everyone's made up now. People like the the Prince Loquat mm. now and we all learned t- a thing or two about tolerance. I really like that the the professor's like, I didn't get my hands on the healthy purple berries this time, but next time I'll get them. It's like you didn't do a thing what mm-hmm. were you expecting the thing that you did was in a commercial so what were you're just gonna stare and watch these i'm assuming children or some other culture or something i don't even know I, how do i describe this like i guess the smurfs but purple you're just watching them what are you doing i don't know i got nothing so yeah, they they kind of like recap the lesson and they're like, bye, 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 the cereal, bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. And it's like the joke of like commerce and, you know, uh, cartoons kind of like flowing together as if one gelatinous mass is kind of like, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So um, the last little vignette we get is G.I. Zap. G.I. Zap is the code name for an elite team of mercenaries who are willing to do whatever it takes to kill their enemies. And they're like blowing up kindergartens yeah. and, and all that. And this is the intro. This is the intro. Um, but before we can get too far into it, the mob throws a rock into the White House because they're objecting to the violence in the G.I. Zap cartoon, which apparently they're watching while they're standing outside. They also th- say it's too violent and throw a Molotov cocktail at the White House. You know, hypocrisy and whatnot. Also, how did they get past security? So uh, Nixon decides that he's just going to re-edit the cartoon so that everything is fine. Which leads to a pretty good joke, I think. Do we have anything to edit tape? Oh, you know we do. So the funny thing about that is he very specifically uh, calls for Rosemary. Do we have any devices? to uh edit audio tape and rosemary was the name of his actual secretary who claimed that the 18 and a half minutes of audio tape what that got erased was her fault because she accidentally pushed the foot switch to uh record and it it caused it to blank out the tape so that's like a very specific historical cut about nixon and the watergate investigation now nixon is trying to edit it to remove the violence um it's so this is really hard to describe. Yeah, I'm not going to try. So oh, basically there you go. I mean, I do like the the fact that uh the evil uh organization is is uh, has is acronym a criminal regiment of nasty young men. Right. Which Ac- Nixon acronym is like, is an acronym. Which which Nixon is like, oh, that's clever. I'll leave it in." Right. So basically in this whole clip um Nixon is basically overdubbing lines to make them not violent. 
So not very successfully. So it's um, he says that now they're elite, an elite force of patriotic peacekeepers who rebuild schools with bullet sucking vacuum tanks. And he just plays it in reverse. I thought that was kind of clever. (laughs) Um, So they go kind of into the episode. One of my favorite things is uh, at Fort Weaponsworth, Professro is firing his surface to air warning shot, which will blow them straight to church. Right. So. Yeah, he just he keeps overdubbing all these ridiculous things, and it gets more and more difficult as as it, it goes like, on. It's like graphic violence, very graphic violence. People are getting stabbed and and blown to bits. Bl- uh huh. My favorite one is that um, someone throws an axe into somebody, and Nixon's <laughs> line is, "Hey, I caught it." <laughs> Um, in their chest and also kiff gets shot down and he's like tell my wife i'll be home for dinner hey (laughs) i landed in this safely in this field next to this naturally occurring fireball and then his his arm lands on screen (laughs) so i actually really did like this last little bit it's just impossible to describe it's just right there's i don't even it's nixon overdubbing um, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. But a hyper violent mm-hmm. one. Which I also feel like um, is sort of like a weird callback to like in the like late aughts, I want to say. A lot of people were overdubbing a lot of cartoons oh, in sure. weird ways. Like G.I. Yeah. Joe did that. And there was the guys who did it for the X-Men. Sure. Um, and I feel like this is sort of a weird thr- I don't know if it was specifically designed to be that direct reference, but I feel like it was kind sure. of a reference. I, I and, the, and it's not just uh cartoons, but I know that MXC Most Extreme Elimination Challenge is like a redubbing of Takeshi's Castle where, you know, they're just making jokes over the whole thing, which I I very much enjoyed a long time ago on Spike TV. Um which is I mean, like it the overdubbing things to make them funny right. or try to it's it's just kind of a trope, I think. So But you're right. I I think it might be referencing that as well. Uh-huh. So also, um the um I have to say that while all the other vignettes had really good animation styles true to the the source material, I think this clip this part is actually like the best. Yeah. It looks real G.I. Joe esque. Yeah, everyone is like super grizzled and has like super defined like cheekbones mm-hmm. and faces everyone's real and... like angular and yes. it's just it's a very true to style. Um and I really liked it. I did um, too. Community still did it better, but Well you we know. might talk about that. Anyways, eventually Nixon can't even figure out how because like yeah, cause, Bender pulls out of his compartment like a laser gun with a chainsaw with like a drill or something, uh-huh, and it just goes directly into this guy's like face and blood yeah. is splattering everywhere. I, I did like the fact that we get a Wilhelm scream there. I just really like the Wilhelm scream. I had it as my ringtone for a little while. It's so good. I I was in a film class in college over a summer semester. And he's like, bring something to class that you enjoy about film. And I wrote about the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> and also, it wasn't an essay, but I wrote an essay about it. And he's like, what is it? Just tell me. Just use your words. I'm like, no, I wrote the thing. I wrote a thing for you. I I really love the Wilhelm scream. And he's like, sit down. What is it? The Wilhelm. Okay, great. Next person. I feel like that is a very on-brand Mike story. <laughs> um. I still like I I felt very embarrassed for writing an essay when it was have a topic to mention. So 
Uh, yeah, Nixon can't edit out this. Uh, like, he can't figure out a way to, yeah. to get rid of this ultraviolence. So he's like, screw it. Cut to the PSA. And then we get one of those, like, G.I. Joe, like, end of episode yeah. PSAs. Cubert uh, and Dwight are fighting over a football. Mm-hmm. And then Nixon and Agnew show up and is like, you boys need to get along. Show them how it's done, yep. Agnew. Violence never solved anything. And then Agnew tears the ball in half and they both cry. Um, and then it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the more, you know, but instead it's Nixon saying, now, you know, something mm-hmm. now stay tuned for six hours of golf. And then Agnew immediately turns off the TV. Uh, so that was the episode. Um, and I think that means that it is time for great. It's, it's something. Yes. I feel like every, every few weeks now I'm like, well, I don't know where to put this in the grading category. It's, I think we've discussed it a little bit. It feels like it should go more meta than it actually gets to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much like, especially the, so the, the, the Scooby-Doo one is the most like, we're not, we're parodying it slightly. It's just Scooby-Doo. It's just Scooby-Doo with a few meta jokes where you get a lot of the anti-serial <laughs> jokes of the second one and then the the violent the the ultra violent and trying to make it like you know i don't know the word but like acceptable to mm-hmm. parents or whatever so i think the first one surprisingly is is like allows it to tell a story rather than just joke where the second one and third one are just joke which is fine. I just, I don't want to call it a waste of time, but you know, it's not, it's not a, it, when we like Futurama, we don't, we don't generally like it for this. Like what, what would Futurama be if it was GI Joe? Mm-hmm. We like it for, you know, the characters that we like and want to know more about and have right. them act in reasonable ways. And we didn't get really any of that. So, I mean, here's the thing. If you, if this was not, if you could slap any other characters, you slap, I don't know, I don't care, Firefly characters in this, it would still kind of work-ish. Like, it, 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 none of it relies on the fact that it's the Futurama crew. Right. And I don't think, I, I don't think it's acceptable. Like, I, acceptable is probably the wrong word, but it just. Sure. It's, I don't know, it's just not. It's not what I wanted. It's it doesn't give me anything new or interesting about the characters themselves. They're basically actors doing whatever they need to, which is I guess if you're trying to make points, it's just I don't I the jokes are okay. It just feels so inconsequential that it's just nothing. So I don't know. Fine, it's a decent enough way to spend twenty two minutes, but that's what she said. Wow, long time. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe I I don't even know where to grade this because it's 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 not m- mostly it's not hurting anybody except for that weird mentally ill line. Right. That that really tanked that first one for me. I don't know. D. It's not. It's it doesn't feel like Futurama except for some of the meta jokes. But it just other 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 things have done this better. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I would also give it a D. Uh, so the, the, I was kind of trying to figure out where exactly on the grading scale I was going to put it. 
I think that there are enough jokes in it that I really liked. Uh, Complete Breakfast um, was one of them. Sure. The Scooby-Doo door thing. Um, I did actually enjoy a lot of the the GI Zap um, bit where he's just trying to like overdub all of this like ultra violence of like, you know, oh, tell my wife I'll be home for dinner. Um, I found a lot of that pretty funny and then everything else was just kind of there um and i agree there was not much in this episode that was really futurama and a lot of the jokes i think fell sort of flat for me particularly in the scooby-doo bit so those things i like take it up from like an f or even a d minus um Again, just really not a fan of how that Scooby-Doo one ended with the the mentally ill line. Yeah, if um, it was anything else, it probably would be a D plus for um, me at least. So yeah, I think it's just I think it's a D. Uh, it is you know just this side of of really failing because you know it did have some redeemable qualities, right? But who not enough to give it a good grade, right? Like. And- and the thing is, like when we like the vignettes, like even the the whatever the the holiday spectacular, it was still letting the characters be the characters. Right. This is not letting the characters be the characters in the slightest. I mean, I feel like I didn't particularly care for Naturama, but I feel like even Naturama was still a little bit more like these are Futurama characters as birds and sure. sea lions and whatever. This is just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Whatever. It's Shaggy, but he looks like Fry. Yeah, with the voice He's, actor of Fry. It's it's uh Smurfs, but they're purple. Like they have absolutely no redeeming qualities about themselves whatsoever because or inequalities. They're, a, they're a serial commercial, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a D, and I don't really think that there I haven't really anything else to say about that. Um, I, I think the message around the second one is interesting. It's not one that's unique to Futurama by any means. Um, and they've actually done this like consumerism thing better. Um, I'm thinking specifically about Lightspeed Briefs, where the mm-hmm. ads are like "Not in our sleep." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. But we want to know what you think about this episode and about how many calories belong in a complete breakfast. Uh, also, hashtag glaze it. Should that be the new toaster strudel? We talked a lot about breakfast this episode. I mean, it was very specific to breakfast. I Do you want to get your hands on those healthy purple berries and orange berries? So, yes. I don't remember what else we talked. We talked about chicken and ceilings. That was gross. <laughs> so that's going to make it into the edit. Excellent. Uh, we talked about... Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs. That was good. That was more breakfast, though. We talk- That's true. Well, what's your favorite breakfast? Serial or not. We want to know all this and more. Uh, you can let us know by sending us an email to back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So find us there, rate us, review, subscribe, and let's eat a 4,000 uh, calorie breakfast together at the, uh, the breakfast mill. Yeah, it's true. Apple Podcasts is now king. iTunes is dead. I updated my Mac yesterday and iTunes is dun, no more. Done, done, It's gone forever. Pour one out for iTunes. Or don't. Dance on its grave, however you can. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, mourn how you wanna. Um. Yes. Also, I don't know. Should I s- mention the 
Twitter account for the new podcast. Well, I see no reason why not. So we've got an official name for our next project after Back to the Futurama uh, coming hopefully uh, early 2020. Uh, it's called Good Morning Greendale, and it's going to be about community. Oh, and I'm yeah. I'm very excited about it. It's going to so, be so good. It's going to be a little while, but you can get in on it now by following at Good Greendale, all one word, on Twitter. And uh, you can follow that to keep abreast of the latest news about our upcoming podcast, Good Morning Greendale. It's going to be a hoot and a holler. Yeah, and I think that's going to do it for us this week. Mm-hmm. Um patreon i guess patreon.com slash back to futurama <laughs> the concept of patreon is still there it's still pa- there patreon is still a thing yeah in there's a, 2019 it's true there's a fan run uh, facebook group league of jeremy's go find it go go join up and yeah until next time i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye, goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow and those healthy purple berries. 